0: Well, howdy, y'all. Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. It's that time of year. It's the Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular. Mike has come by the shop for the second year in a row to to catch up with me. You know, Mike is a good buddy, and uh, he's always hilarious and fun to talk to, and uh, he came to Give us a little rundown on the Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular concert at the Bijou on Sunday, December 18th. Starts at 8 o'clock. The Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular is always a great time. And uh, this year it's in a bigger venue. It's at the Bijou because it's getting bigger and growing. So exciting. It uh, benefits Second Harvest Food Bank as usual. And last year they were able to meet their fundraising goal. And I hope they can again this year too. So hopefully with our help they can. Uh, Mike came by. We had a great time. I hope you guys uh, enjoy our chat. I wanted to catch you guys up on the NFT. Uh, The NFT auctioned off on Friday of last week. I'm not going to say who it went to yet because I don't know this person. And I'm not sure if they have procured the NFT for its utility or uh, for its collectible nature. So uh, I'm not sure if we're ever going to hear from them, but maybe we will. I'll keep you posted on that. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into my chat with my good buddy, Mike McGill.
1: We're doing the podcast.
0: The last time uh, a cigar was smoked in here was, uh, was last year, before the Christmas Spectacular. Yeah, yeah. We had our Santa suits on. We
1: did have our Santa suits
0: on. That was a fun night. That was a real fun night. Well, I guess it's been a year, man. It's flown by.
1: It has been a year, yeah. Do you need this? Have no, you got I'm good. A- I'm good.
0: Yeah. Man, so I think you came in the week before the Spectacular last year, which was a virtual event. Mm. You did uh, like a Facebook Live or something like that, right?
1: It was a uh, the 8th Annual Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular Solo Extravaganza ah. is how we built it. Yeah.
0: Well, solo because you usually have a whole band with you and all that, right? Correct. Yeah,
1: with the pandemic, we just... Did one it was man just like, yeah,
0: and it benefits
1: Second Harvest, and so you did a virtual food drive with it, right? We did, yeah. We uh, instead of so the way it's normally always worked has been the um, all the proceeds, ticket sales, and all that stuff always hundred percent of that went to Second Harvest. Right. So with it being a virtual thing that year, we did. Um, we streamed it, and then people could yeah. uh, donate through a through a link yeah well it, you know which it we was, hit our goal right which yeah. was great i saw that i saw the yeah. fork was full when i went to yeah. donate last year yeah. yeah yeah
0: and that was like the day before or the day of it was before it started man mm-hmm. that's great it's good it's a good thing that you do every year and it's a damn good time yeah the few times i've been
1: yeah the live the live show is really really a lot of fun well it's
0: been at barley's the first seven were at barley's or did you do
1: six and skip Or you Skip. No, we did the first seven. You know, I guess it was the – what got it all started was Rodney Lee at Barley's. Uh, yeah, I think and, you and told we, this we, story we, on the yeah, pod one time. Yeah. yeah, It was the 2012, it was the Mayan calendar, end of the world. Yeah. And so we did an end of the world party. Right, right. And, uh, and in then, case you're still out there listening, <laughs> the damn world didn't end. Um, Although it kind of feels like, well. It I'm might tomorrow. Gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, so right, it was such a big success. So what we did, we had like six bands, and everybody would do like three songs or yeah. four or whatever. And uh, so it was just that revolving door of people that yeah. got their time behind the behind the you know their time at the plate, their behind their time at, behind the mic and. Uh,
0: well, that's why last year was the solo spectacular, right? You didn't yeah. you didn't have a revolving uh, Dora musicians no, behind you to come in and play. We were
1: scared to death, we didn't know what to do. You yeah, know, it was, numbers were going crazy, and you know, so it was like. Um,
0: but you still did it, yeah, and you still raised the money, yes, for the food for kids program at Second Harvest, yes, which is a great cause. And this year, I, I think last year you had uh, mentioned when you were here that you were doing it virtual last year, but. Uh, kind of a silver lining was that the Bijou had come to you and said, "Hey, I know Correct. it's been a tough year for musicians. It's been a tough year for everybody. Yeah, I heard you couldn't do the spectacular this year. How about you do it? And well, here's a here, here's a rain check for the Bijou if you want to do it next yeah, year. Yeah,
1: they totally um, surprised the hell out of me, honestly, because they, um, you know, we had the, we had the but we had December eighteenth booked last year for that Barley's the, for, no for the Bijou, okay." And their team and myself, we were on really on the same page the entire time. And, you know, at that point in time, we had been, you know, so, um, so careful and isolated and, and distanced sure. and stuff that we, we both decided, well, if we've, if we've been having people take this much precaution why why mess it up now? why is it this important to really do it oh because nothing can happen on christmas that's not you know that ain't the way the world works yeah yeah so um so yeah so we canceled it and then um facebook lived it and all that and as good uh as goodwill from them they were just like well we're 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 gonna guarantee you the date for next year for 2021. For 2021, yeah, yeah, and that's what's coming up on Friday or Sunday, December 19th, yeah. Sunday, 8 p.m. at the Bijou Theater. Yeah, yeah, it's 15 bucks. 15 bucks. And you can get them online. We started at five for years. We did ten for years, and um, you know, nine years we've went up ten bucks, and uh, again. I can't stress this enough. We don't get anything from it. Right. That's 100% of that gets donated.
0: Yeah. What's so so you've talked about the where the money goes, but like Second Harvest, the Food for Kids program, they're really yeah. efficient with the way that they're able to take the money that you guys raise from the spectacular and feed a whole lot of people.
1: Oh yeah, they're it. they're 95% efficient. I mean, there's uh You know, the Summer Food for Kids program and the Food for Kids program, uh, 16 Tennessee counties that this reaches. Awesome. um, 70 participating schools, uh, 5,800 current member of children that are benefiting from this program. Um, and basically zero cost to the, or not basically, and there's no basically zero cost to the child or the school that are receiving any of this. Right. It's all done. It's yeah. Second yeah. harvest is, is footing the bill for it. But like getting goods donated and then right. working their operations to get it out to people. And they have got their operation operate, you know, operating so efficient that, a uh, $125 feeds a kid for an entire year. I'll, I believe that. I mean, and and which is, you know, we we were talking earlier. Uh, it's just amazing. I mean, you go out and buy one hundred twenty five dollars worth of groceries, and yeah. you know, like you said, you know, three feed yourself. Or four days, for, yeah, feed you yourself know? for
0: three or four days and your family. Yeah, but yeah, to to be able to put those resources toward, uh, in the hands of an entity like Second Harvest, they can. Be a lot more efficient with those dollars and do a lot more good with it than
1: you probably can yourself. <laughs> Most definitely, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I mean,
0: seems like a pretty, a, pre- a pretty good, uh, you know, if you can do more good than you can do for yourself with the same amount of money, you know,
1: try you it know, out. It,
0: try it out one time.
1: Yeah, take a chance. Take you a know? chance, baby. Columbus did. He's got a holiday named after <laughs> come him. On he now. didn't even <laughs> land on the. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: A little callback
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it but uh yeah it's just an amazing you know we got partnered up with them several years ago and uh through my good friend aaron snuckles who was a show promoter forever for as long as i known and uh, we had done a lot of work together on um, on uh, booking us and you know different acts i'd played with or solo stuff and and i was telling him one day i said you know because he's a mover and a shaker uh and i was just telling him i was like um i ran into him and i said what are you doing now you're not at the you're not at the shed anymore he was doing a bunch of the stuff up there yeah. for, for long harley time. davidson yeah in Maribel. and uh he goes "Oh, i left and went to uh second harvest and um you know, I had heard about second harvest. I knew the name. I knew they were doing a bunch of good, but I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah. And I said, "Well, I'm look I'm trying to get a I said I think a big dose of humility is great to have at Christmas and the holidays for us as individuals and for people because there's a lot of people out there that don't have it." Sure. You know, and and it's so much more than the tree and You know, Aunt Peggy's broccoli salad, it ain't worth a shit. You know, (laughs) that you have to lie to every, oh, no, it's great. You know, so um, I just think that's important. And it's always been something that's driven me because, you know, the the help that I've received from good people and throughout my life has always been freely given. And uh, there's no strings attached. You do that because you want to. And he goes, Well, I got the perfect program and he told me about it and i was like oh yeah i'm sold okay when was uh, that oh that was oh, golly let's see 21 20, 19, 20, 70, 60, 50, that was probably in 2015 Okay, so that would have been yeah so i think it, we did it three years without any kind of association
0: Giving. so yeah and then year four started yeah partnering with second harvest exactly that's yeah. cool so how is it going to be uh, different this year? Can you tell can you talk about who you got coming on or is there mm-hmm. is there yeah? So you've put together a I'm what? not going to You're not
1: <laughs> <laughs> What you think you got a podcast or something? This is important <laughs> stuff. I mean, All
0: right, save save <laughs> it for no, the no, lights. No,
1: no, no. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Um <laughs> So, normally we do it's you know, the whole program is 20 to 22, maybe 25 songs, something like that. So, it's we've always done it on a Sunday night, it's 8 p.m. show. We start on time at 8 p.m., we're out of there by 10. Yeah, you know, so for if folks do have to work the next day, um, if they're not, they could try, enough, yeah, and um. Um so that works out that way. But normally we have 20 to 21 or 20 to 22 songs, something some something in that in that in that uh number. And we normally I normally get about 10 to 11 guests, okay? So And this, then your band. And the, yeah. So
0: your band's what a four piece? Yes. Okay. So you've got the four piece and then you have 10 or
1: 11 guests that come out yes, during that, the show. That come out and actually perform a couple songs with you they perform one song apiece okay Uh, and then um, you know and they have that band at their disposal we work they right. so this year we're only going to have six special guests okay and instead of doing one song apiece then everyone's going to get two
0: okay are they going to do them in a row
1: or are they going to do I don't know
0: Okay, yeah, and got the set list well, got the set there.
1: list, but I don't know in what, what order? order, yeah, okay, uh, we've got so so we start on this like in end of October, I kind of start thinking about who I'm gonna invite and 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 who I wanna spend Christmas with, yeah. you know, basically, and um, this year, being a little different and seeing how we didn't have any guests last year, I just felt like that, um. Uh I wanted, you know, I wanted it to be big. It's the you. it's the you. it's yeah. the you. It's gotta be yeah. bigger, it's gotta be better, it's gotta yeah. be this, has gotta be that. But in all actuality, if we start comparing, you know, all this stuff with the other years and and this and that, you know, this year's gonna be special because it's this year. Yeah. It ends in a one. Last year didn't. <laughs> you know, the year before that ended in a nine. <laughs> So, you know. going to be something you different. You can't get caught up. Yeah, you know, I feel you. In the, Compare in the and compar- to, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, so we've got um, Trisha Jean Brady. Yeah. That's coming on. She's going to do a couple of tunes. And she's one of, uh, you know, for about the first two or three years, at that point in time, she was singing with the Black Lily. So yeah. she didn't ever get to be a part of it. They were
0: on tour or something. They were
1: always working, really know, busy, much like the rest of us. You know, we don't. Yeah. It's really hard for working musicians to get that opportunity to actually be a fan that night. You right. know, and uh, and then it's kind of weird when you're the fan and you're not, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, you know, or what you're, what you do for a living. You know, yeah. Is that
0: is there some FOMO there? Is there like do you, when you go to shows do you? Do you wish you were the one on the stage? Mm. Are you able to go and just enjoy it? I as think
1: a... for a time, you know, when you first get started out, you're always wondering what it feels like to be that guy right now. Yeah. You know? Even at big shows. Crowd yeah. or, a, or, a, or a or a venue such as the Bijou. Or even if it was a hole-in-the-wall little dive bar, you know, it's sometimes you know, those are the most magical, Sure. you know, so, so yeah, I think there is a little bit of that sometimes, but, yeah. um, but, um, so I wanted her to be able to do this, um, just simply because we're, we're old dear <laughs> close friends. Yeah. Um, and, um uh, and she's such a talented, talented singer. And, you know, when I first met Trisha she was, she knew, you know, she knew three. She knew three chords, and it was just starting, you know. So she was just a babe, yeah, in the woods, you know, at that point in time. I mean, I knew five chords, it, it, and that you know. So I only <laughs> I only had two up on her. But uh,
0: did she play uh, guitar with the Black Lilies, or did she, she just did. sing? Okay, she she, she did,
1: did uh, some percussion and then some guitar and awesome. and singing. Okay,
0: is she gonna play guitar with you or just sing?
1: Um, I think sure she's just singing. Okay, I think she's just singing this year, yeah, but uh, but she'd be all the female vocals you hear on Black lily's albums, yes, right? yeah, in the on the yeah, I don't know, you know, I can't remember the till when the cutoff was, but, right, but yeah, um, so she's written a song that's a really, really good Christmas song, so we're gonna have an original from her, Hell and yeah. then another one, um that she's picked out. And which is the fun of that and being a guest is, you know, the guys I've assembled as the house band, if you will, you know, they, they can play any style. So you don't have to limit yourself to being to a genre, to a genre. Correct. So if you want to take a chance and you want to stretch out a little bit and do something totally different, you've got the band that can back you up to do that, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, so then, but you're going to have
0: some staples in there too, right? You yeah. Know? Okay. So you'll do half of the show by yourself. Half of it with guests.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Is oh, about how it'll work out.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it, man. The bar is going to be open, right? Yes. <laughs>
1: upstairs and downstairs.
0: Okay. You have balcony spots if you want them? Yeah.
1: And there's a bar up there too.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I think I
1: might be front row balcony. Hey, hey. It's a good, it's a good seat. There's not a bad one at the Bijou. No, it really isn't. Yeah. It's a, it's a great place. But, it uh, is so. Tricia Tricia Jean is going to be there with us, and then um um uh the uh, Red Shoes and Rosin. That's yeah. uh, Jessica Watson, Mead Armstrong, and Shauna ciphers They're uh, they're a, an acoustic outfit outfit, yeah. And they're wonderful singers. They've been doing the background vocals for me for years on this. And, um, they're just, I oh, man, I can't, I love them. Yeah. They're just great. Yeah. And, uh, so we're actually, they're going to do a lot of back background stuff this year because we've got the added space. Yeah, you know.
0: why not? Throw them in the corner. Put them up. Put them on risers. Oh,
1: they're going to be on a riser. Hell yeah. yeah. Put the horns section up yeah. there with them. Hell yeah. Well, we got to, I mean, <laughs> you know, we want to get back to ten. You know, next year. So yeah. Maybe. 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 You need a
0: trio. You need. You need. Uh, you need a, a trumpet, a sax, and a uh, trombone up there. You need a, a horns trio. Get out there, Mike.
1: I like the uh, I like the Barry sax man. The I, big sax. The Barry sax.
0: The Barry sax is one of that. the most guttural in your loins instruments you could ever hear in your entire life it feels like it starts in your pelvis when you
1: hear that thing hey hey watch it i need six feet of distance from you pal
0: you got six i'll get the tape out i'll get the measuring tape out I'm, that's
1: six feet hey man don't get lippy either okay i'll put the plexiglass up mike if, if if you want to, you might put some gloves on here in a minute. <laughs> but you Keep the, running that smart mouth. You're going to be in the penalty box <laughs> yourself. Oh, I love it. Red Shoes and Rosin. Red Shoes and Rosin. Those girls are, and we're going to actually feature them on a couple of songs this year, too, which they've got picked out. And one also is an original. Uh, so that'll be really, really good. And then um, uh, Jay Clark. Yeah. He's going to be uh, a guest this year, and he's doing an original tune as well as another one he's picked out. So, yeah. Lots of original music this year from the guest. That's new. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Jay Clark's kind of a staple
0: around here, right? In the WDVX scene and all that. How do you know that guy? I don't think many
1: people like him, but he's all right. (laughs) He's like yourself, (laughs) you know? No. No, Jay's a Jay's a dear, uh, a dear old friend as well. We've we've done a lot of things, and uh, you know, I've recorded on records with him, and done harmony tracks and different things uh, on projects that he's had available, and we've co-built some shows together and stuff, and uh, just a really good dude, you know. Yeah, he's one of those names you just hear. Yeah, around here. Yeah, for a long time,
0: Americana scene. Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. So, we'll have him, and then um um, uh, we'll have the the macho man, Andy Perkle,
0: oh yeah, your boy, he'll be your with
1: us. yeah, my partner in crime, <laughs> literally, <laughs> um, so macho's gonna be with us, and uh which is really good because um uh, I mean just been i mean all these folks have got a real special place. Yeah. In my heart.
0: It's a family reunion, it It sounds like. It
1: really is. And, you know, I mean, honest to goodness, you know, uh, given the unique situation that I've been in at home, taking care of my folks and stuff, you know, I've been really, really, I mean, I've only played in public twice since December of 2019. Yeah. So, um. It's all been live stream stuff. Yeah, and uh, to say let an old racehorse run, I'm ready. Are you? you? Know? Yeah, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, so Andy's going to be there, and um, and then we also have uh, a, a good buddy of mine from up in uh, Middlesbrough, Tazewell area, uh, Brandon Fulson and uh brandon's a great songwriter and is uh you know is just is one of those guys is just he just he's always writing i just want to i want to break his fingers or something you know because yeah it's like man how do you come up with that much stuff you know it's just like well what i co- wrote one the other day and what's it, what kind of music is it that he writes um it's um it's a country it's country a little country a little rock and roll little yeah. folk a little bluegrass you know it's kind of the uh, kind of Kind of the whole thing that the rest of us are, you know. Yeah, uh, not poppy, not pop country no, type no, stuff. No, little... no, not at all. Okay. Uh, so he's doing an original song that's a great, great tune, uh, and um, and then so the other day he sent me a text. This is a good story. He sent me a text the other day and said, um, he said, you know, we were, I mean, this was. 3 or 4 years ago he we had traded a couple of texts you know back and forth and he said you know we traded some texts about doing a christmas you know coming up with an idea for a christmas song and and um uh i said yeah i vaguely remember remember that i said i wish i knew any of the lines you know cuz it was just one of those kind of a ping pong match you know he threw out a line i'd throw one back was it over text or was it in person over text
0: so could you go back and look at it and find
1: it bingo oh i did i ruin the story where did you park your squad car at dick tracy
0: (laughs) (sighs) if you weren't so damn predictable mike (laughs) oh my god
1: it's like having a podcast with my brother-in-law's kids (laughs) all of a sudden no yeah so he went back and found it and screenshotted it and sent it to me and um and I was like, well, man, those are pretty good. You know, I think we got we might have something we might be able to work with this. And uh, and then he was kind of, you know, he kind of said, uh, well, hey, it's it's in your court now. So uh, maybe you can come up with something on it, put it together, or a melody and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, OK, so um, I had a, my neighbor, which I refer to as my neighbor, he had been sick for a while and uh with cancer and had beat it and then it came back and um we lost him in November of this year. Sorry, man. Ah, uh, thank you. But um one day he came over to my house and uh he said um he goes, What's this right here? And he was pointing on the table. And it was a paper plate, one of the old school paper plates, you know, that you put in the holder, you know, because it would fold in half. If yeah. You, you know, try to put anything on yeah, it, it yeah, just, just collapse. You got to
0: put four of them together to get it to about, stay
1: rigid. <laughs> yeah. About two steps better than a napkin. You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he goes, what is this? And I said, well, it's, uh, you know, I had this thought the other night and I, I just, the key to writing is to get it out of your head. And get it somewhere in a recording of it, so which could be just writing it down. Sure, it could be capturing it. Yeah. You know, on a
0: voice memo on your phone.
1: Exactly. Yeah, get it out of the head somewhere yes. else. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he said, he said, well, Michael, now listen, you're a good writer and and you're a talented fella. He said, but you can't be writing shit on a paper plate. You've got to do better than that. You need a book. You know, very yep. matter of fact. And I said, okay, well, you know, I mean, I've got composition books. No, no, you got to have a book and you should have books and you need a proper book. And, and, you know, and another thing with book and then another sentence that had book in it and then book twice <laughs> more. And so the book thing was really being hammered down. Here, you know? You're know,
0: you too good for this for this plate. Yeah. Shit.
1: So uh, I said, okay. So I don't know. A couple of days go by and he shows back up. Wait a second. Do you have a book? He had a book. God, you're two for two. Numbers (laughs) like that. You'll be in the Hall of Fame, Ben. Jesus. There's two for Ben. Everybody keeping score at home. So uh, (laughs) he brought that, and uh, he brought me this book, and it was really nice. It was kind of like a... Kind of like a nightstand, you know, is, had a nice binding on it and everything and uh, a bookmark and the whole, you know, really nice book to Something write to write thoughts. Probably and,
0: wouldn't set a – you wouldn't use it as a coaster.
1: No, you, you would not use it as a coaster and probably use it more so as like a journal, okay. you know, versus yeah, yeah. a composition book. Right, or right. Sc- scratching and scribbling, yeah. you know, and stuff like yeah, that. It, so I don't know. We it just, had some panache. It did have some panache. Yeah. And uh, so we had lost him, and I was sitting there looking at looking at these screenshots that Brandon had sent. And over on the end table, underneath my Charlie Brown tree, yeah, is this book. And I'm like, hmm. All right. Well, shit. I guess I got to write this thing now. I'm out ha- of. Plates. I don't have an acu- I don't have an excuse, you yeah. know. So lo and behold we put that stuff together came up with a good melody and wrote the first song in the book for the neighbor so i don't know if the book okay. was the muse or he was but uh it got the creative juices flowing and 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 made me want to do it so brandon and i will be doing an original song that we co-wrote together dedicated too, to so. the neighbor yeah to the neighbor i love it okay yeah, so it's you just cool. took the
0: screen grabs yeah, from the text conversation that you dug up, mm-hmm. and then you wrote a melody to it, mm-hmm. and now you and Brandon worked on it remotely, and then mm-hmm. together.
1: Actually, did a he does a live radio show, an internet radio show with a thing called Music dot com. Yeah, yeah, and um, he had me on.
0: Is that it? Knox Radio app. Knox, what is it? it? Is
1: it's an app. Uh, Knox Radio, uh, okay. real shit. That's not it. Yeah. Real Knoxville dot com. Okay. That's what Jesus. it is. So Real My, Knoxville. Get it music, together. I'm trying. All you right. know? Um Yeah, so Real Knoxville Music. <laughs> you can go to your app store, you can download the app. And the beautiful thing about it is it's all local artists. Um and if you, if you Google
0: real Knoxville Music, it goes to real dot com. Yes. And that's it. It's the radio show. Yeah. You and can you play can, it right here from the Play it right here from the browser.
1: Yeah. Twenty four seven. Yeah. It's always on. Really? Yeah. And it's all local stuff. Kevin Abernathy right now, Some Stories go. is playing. A great, great songwriter. Probably one of the best songwriters in this in this town. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. He's very, very, his song's playing right now. On on the radio on uh on real Knoxville Music. There you go. What's he do? What kind uh, of music? Well, because I've never heard of him. When I, when
1: I first met Kevin, he was he had like a three piece rock and roll band. I mean, this dude's like Eddie Van Halen, you know, on guitar. I mean, he's really, really, really? tremendous guitar player. Um, like so they An- were doing Andy Wood level. Yes. Okay. Very much so. I like. I it. mean, I think I used the word Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. So yeah uh yes andy wood eddie van halen i always
0: think of them together i don't yeah. know i think when andy was over here he had a, a van halen it was right it was
1: right after <laughs> oh andy's a monster man he is and a super nice guy yeah i think he had a,
0: an eddie van halen uh buff on or something when he nice. came over i always think of them together
1: yeah i, I actually watched that one
0: did you mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh you guys
0: oh yeah he's he's great man mm-hmm. and and kevin abernathy is playing the
1: electric too when I first met him he was primarily an electric guitar player but I think now as as we all do we evolve and do different things but he's he's got all kinds of music out there just search for it you'll yeah. find it Okay I think his last project was more uh, more the singer-songwriter type of thing Okay His daughters are the Pinklets Oh yeah a little rock and roll group yeah they were on they're they're
0: young right they're like are they they are high school school age yeah Yeah. but they're making noise oh people people are
1: tuning into them they came out on they were there in 2019 at the at the uh spectacular and did the um did the u2 song um i can't think of the name of it now but it's christmas song okay um I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the YouTube Christmas song. Well, you're no help, Ben. I know. What's it called? You're worthless. I don't know what it's called. If it's, if we didn't have that out. If you're not been listening, pay attention. Chop, chop! Come on. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. I got my
0: fingers. Christmas, baby, please come home. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, With the Pinklets?
1: The Pinklets did that. That's yeah, fun. In, in nineteen. At Barley's. At Barley's. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, but no, Kevin's a great writer and uh uh how do we what were we talking about? Real knocks. Oh music. yeah, there you go. So I went over on I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I guess what well, we were supposed to get together on what? Tuesday? Monday. Monday. Okay. Yeah. So it was Tuesday. Okay. And uh I sat in with Brandon on his show. He does a show from uh eight to ten. On Tuesday night. Uh, on Tuesday night. On real Knoxville music. On real music music. Dot com. Yeah, it's and called Serious Honk. That's the name of the okay. uh, the show. He and does. it's all local
0: musicians. It's
1: all local. That's super cool. Yeah, uh, and it'll be all genres. You know, there's no, it's not pigeonholed into one channel. It's really? what everybody does. Okay, yeah. I guess you've
0: got to if if you're gonna play just local, yeah, folks,
1: you got to branch out a little. Um. So we were. Um, I was on that and um, and we actually recorded our song before the radio show. So the, that's the Nebro song. Yes, the Nebro song. Okay, was that the first time you guys had played it together? It was. How'd it turn out? Uh good. Yeah, we just did it real simple, just okay. two part harmony and one acoustic guitar. Did you put it out yet? or Are you gonna wait? It's it. It will be out before the show. Okay, uh, they're they're editing and mixing it all down now. So. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the ETA is on that, but. Okay. But yeah, it'll be probably within the next two or three days, I'd imagine. Cool.
0: Is he doing a cover with you too at the spectacular? No, he's doing. Just that one?
1: He's doing his original that he wrote, one called Earl's Christmas. Okay. And then we'll be doing this that one. one. Okay. Yeah. And then um, a blast from the past that we'll be uh, singing with Jay Clark will be uh, the Naughty Knots. Oh. So yeah. Sarah Perkle, uh Griffin Cavender, Van now, and uh Millie Cavender. Okay. So yeah, it'll be uh it'll be a it'll be a nice eclectic mix of, of Christmas stuff. I love the naughty knots. Yeah. yeah That's a great. string band, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, three piece trio,
0: uh huh. Yeah. So what we got, fiddle, cello and bass or something like
1: that or f- No, fiddle? fiddle, uh fiddle guitar and bass fiddle, guitar and then and bass. fiddle. Guitar, Dobro, Dobro, guitar, bass. Okay, so some they're multi-instr- multi-instruments, yeah.
0: And probably will layer nicely on top of your four-piece. I bet that that promises to be a cluster pluck.
1: Oh well, you know, uh, the pluck you say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be really, really great. And um, so the band this year will be made up of. We um, uh, we'll have Nate Barrett on drums, who okay. who's been um uh a staple for the Romeos and for the Mike McGill stuff for yeah. a long, long time. A great friend, uh, excellent drummer. And, um, we'll have, uh, Daniel Shiflet on bass, um, who has recorded and done stuff with everybody. Uh, tremendous bass player. Um, and then Matt Coker on keys. So he'll be playing uh piano and the B3. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, I gotta have the glue, baby. Yeah, that's gonna be great. And uh, and he is in a band called Los Leslie's. I've heard of them. If you've never heard their music, do it now. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Los L A S? L O S. L O S Leslie's. Los Leslie's. Los Leslie's. Yeah. Okay. And they're uh think Booker T and the MGs. I mean they're Really? They're phenomenal. Like that? Yeah. Okay. They're phenomenal. Okay. Um, and then, uh, our electric guitar player be Barry Poe Hanna, which is also, who is also in the Los Leslie's. Okay. And has played with me for years. Okay. Yeah. Man, this is going to be a, an outrageously good time, Mike. It's, I'm telling you, man, it's a, it's a lot of bang for the buck and you're going to have a good time. So show up expecting to have a good time and don't ruin Christmas. Don't piss me off. <laughs> I'm not ruining it. No, geez. so nobody else is gonna run it, you know?
0: <laughs> That's exciting, man.
1: hmm Uh Sunday, eight o'clock. Yes, Sunday, eight PM December nineteenth. You can buy your tickets now at org or at ticketmaster.com. You can follow me on Facebook backslash my McGill hey, and yeah. or Instagram, McGill Billy. Get you some. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. It's uh, it's been a while, and uh, you're a working you know, voiceover artist now. Ah, who knew? <laughs> right. Your your voice is so good on the mics, man. It's well, like, thank you. It's velvet, baby. And there's a long fly ball <laughs> into the deep azure blue skies of Chavez Ravine. Home run, Dodgers. I was uh, listening to like a hockey play-by-play
0: the other day, and they were talking about how the announcer used like 120-something different ways to describe passing the puck from one player to another during the game.
1: That's great. I mean, a,
0: yeah. a play-by-play. It's a, a lost art. It is a lost art. We
1: don't have, I mean, in my opinion, and that's just one man's opinion, but um, pretty important, so listen up. Um, You say you don't like
0: Bob Kessler?
1: Poor old Bob, man. God dang it. What the hell? Come on, Bob.
0: Yeah, you know, he makes it tough sometimes. He
1: does. I mean, I get it. It's a tough job. It's a tough job, and I've never done it. So I can't be super, super critical, you know. Oh, it's got to be just nearly
0: impossible.
1: But, um, But one, you know... (laughs) i was listening to a georgia game several years ago and, football uh, yes uh ut georgia okay and uh and bob came on at the end and said tune in next week when we'll be playing we'll be live from jacksonville florida playing the university of uh, the florida gators i mean it's yeah. totally it's yeah bo- that's wrong that was a week before come on bob <laughs> and um but you know, I grew up with guys like Vin Scully. Yeah. You know, that the was Dodgers that guy. was his call. Yeah. Into the clear blue azure skies. Chavez Ravine home run Dodgers, you oh, know. Pull it. up a chair everyone. It's time for Dodger baseball. Is are, are the Dodgers still in the same stadium that they yes. were when Vin Scully was there? It, they are. Vin started actually Vin started calling the games back when they were still in Brooklyn. Okay. And uh but yes, when uh when um when they built the stadium um out in LA uh which is the third oldest stadium by the way in MLB The others are The others are the oldest is um Fenway Wrigley Fenway Okay and then Wrigley is second okay. and then um uh Dodger Stadium Dodger Stadium is third Wow that
0: surprises me Mhm cuz LA seems like such a Johnny come lately city but Well they they've...
1: moved in 57 Yeah I mean so that's uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, do the math, carry the one, not knots, not. Did you Did you grow <laughs> up listening to stuff on the radio? Because I feel like your voice, you just you, I feel like your
0: voice is just like it was made to be in front of a microphone.
1: Well, I I did. Thank you. Uh, I did grow up listening. You know, eighty two, probably eighty two, was when it really hit me, and uh, that's when we first got cable. Okay. We got cable TV in 82. Okay. So when I would come home, you know, back then the Cubs played every game in the daytime. And, and it,
0: WGN was on every television everywhere. Oh, yeah. And there's Cubs fans all over the world because right. WGN was so prolific mm-hmm. in the 80s.
1: And they didn't, um, Cubs didn't play night games until 8-8-1988. Because they didn't have lights? They didn't have lights. They played all their games in the daytime. And so. it gets
0: dark in Chicago like 5 o'clock in the
1: winter. I don't know about all that. Uh, 6 I o'clock? I mean, I failed geometry, so I'm not good at <laughs> locations and stuff. I mean, geology. I mean, <laughs> what is that? any rate. Um, <laughs> so the cable, uh, the cable. when so you got I the came, cable. Yeah. I came in when I would come in from school. You know, I'd get my snack. And I was able to go to my room and I could watch a baseball game. Yeah. I mean, before that, you only got baseball on the Saturday game of the week or the Sunday game of the week. And that was on the three channels that you had, ABC, yeah. NBC, CBS. Yeah. You know, so uh, you didn't get a lot of flavor. You didn't get that those home announcers, you know, uh, like Harry Carey yeah. and like uh, Vin Scully. Right. But, and, uh, and skip carry with Atlanta, you know, on TBS Superstation. He was doing it back then.
0: Could you get that on the antenna or you had to do cable for
1: that? Yeah. No. Yeah. About the best we could get around here on the antenna would, you know, you catch a Reds game every now and then. Yeah. And, or maybe, uh, and most of the time it was the Yankees, you know, which was the game of the week, you know, so that was On, on one of the networks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> New York. I hate them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. So uh, there were a bunch of Reds fans when my dad was growing up. I mean, because yeah. Cincinnati was as easy to get to as Atlanta was. About the same distance. About the same you know, distance. Three and a half, four hours. Yeah, exactly. You had people coming down from Ohio moving in mm-hmm. for, uh, for uh, Y-12 jobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You had a bunch of people from Kentucky in that area.
1: It's kind of like it all reversed. You know, we had people going up north to work in the factories and do all that at one point in time and then during this time that we're talking about they're coming here you yeah. know to work and do industry yeah the
0: the New Deal era yeah when uh, you know building dams and commerce mm-hmm. was happening here TVA was a thing mm-hmm. big time bringing a bunch of people from other places to settle in East Tennessee yeah and there's a had impacts that lasted you know, at least a generation by now. Absolutely. If if not two. Yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's, uh, that's the WGN though thing, man. The Cubs, you couldn't get away from them. Even, hey,
1: everybody.
0: Even when I was coming home from yeah. school,
1: elementary school. Okay, so I got to give you my favorite Harry Carey call of all time. Well, let's hear it. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, two-two Countess Cedeno – Ball outside, 3-2 count. I'm not going to try to do Harry's voice, but...
0: What? That's the best part of it, Mike. Come on.
1: Well, not yet. Okay. You don't know the damn story. Oh, gosh. We did turn a, a year, Tracy. and now you're a know-it-all. I mean, ugh, you're bothering me. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are kind of bothering me, but... um.
0: So, today, yeah. so
1: the big thing with WGN back in those days was they they'd do the crowd shots. You know, you didn't yeah. have a fucking robot like on Fox now, you know, and some kind of graphic and some kind of bullshit. They'd show the kid eating cotton candy. Yeah. You know, they'd show the kid, hey, there's a hat for you. <laughs> you know, and the kid's in a sombrero. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just a Tuesday afternoon at Wrigley. So... Um, the, they show the cam and they're showing this. They show this couple and it's a guy and a girl, right? And, yeah. And Harry goes, "Looky there, Steve Stone. He kisses her on the strikes and she kisses him on the balls. <laughs> Three, two, count to <laughs> I swear, I it's heard a- it. I heard it live, and I just, I, you know." It was just like, this is classic. You
0: think he it's realized great. what he said? Of course he did. You'd,
1: yeah? Yeah, they asked him. Bob Costas asked him one time. They said, um, Harry, you know, because his thing was, holy cow, you yeah. know. It's like, why did you come up? How did you come up with holy cow? Why do you say holy cow? He said, because he wouldn't let me say holy shit on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That was his answer.
0: <laughs> and, and he was... The voice of the Cubs for over forty years.
1: He actually started with the um started with the Cardinals, really, and then left the Cardinals and went to the A's, um, in, in
0: on the West Coast. On the
1: West Coast, did the A's for a couple of years, and then came back to Chicago and did the White Sox games forever.
0: So he wasn't a he wasn't a journeyman. He didn't come up through the Cubs organization. No,
1: no. Wow. He, he okay. Did. See,
0: I thought he did because I knew he had a prolific broadcasting career, but I didn't know that only the last, however, you know, yeah. much of it was with the Cubs. I thought he was just a Cubs guy the whole time. He was a Chicago guy. Okay. I think so. He did the White Sox stuff for a little bit, and then
1: he did that. And the, uh, you know, the seventh inning stretch when you're seeing "Take yeah. Me Out to the Ball sure. Game." That was orchestrated um by uh Comiskey, the owner of the White Sox. Okay. He heard Harry singing one day in the seventh inning stretch and it was so terrible and this is you know, this is the way Harry told it as well. Uh he said it was so terrible that Comiskey made him turn the mic on to where everybody could hear it. And it just kind of became a tradition. So that carried over from White Sox days into the Cubs days, and they still do it now.
0: Was he singing the song? Yeah. Was it was it a song already?
1: Take me out to the fucking ball game. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, but take they, me out to the okay, ball game. But I'm saying he nobody had ever sang it during the seventh inning stretch. I and, mean, until Harry Carey did it, and and got a live mic in front of him because of Comiskey.
1: That's how it became popularized for okay. him. and now, you know?
0: but now it's every single baseball game you go to in America, double AA, A, triple A, whatever. There's in between the seventh, the top of the seventh, and the bottom of the seventh, mm-hmm. the, the seventh stretch. inning stretch. They're singing "Take Me Out to the Ball yeah. Game."
1: Yeah, and in Chicago now they still do it, but they have guests sing it, sing it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Man, do you think it was a and marketing they're terrible.
1: I mean, they, like they had Dicka in there singing it one day. Well, and they're it was probably, just horrible.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they are probably hammered. It's the seventh, you know, I mean, seventh yeah. inning they've been there the whole
1: time. Harry was a, a- Cubs fan and a Bud man. <laughs> he sure was.
0: <laughs> do you think it was a uh, do you think it was a uh, a ploy by Cracker Jack's uh, advertising agency to get their name in that song?
1: I uh, you know, in the, in the broad scope of things, probably, maybe yeah. I don't know. I know in in just in in the reference to the story we're talking about, it was um they said Comiskey was one of the great marketers of ah, the time. Yeah, and he was always looking for an angle. He was yeah. always looking for a gimmick, a niche. You yeah, know, he was to, a Vince McMahon to sell more tickets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so then Harry he goes to the Cubs.
1: Yeah. He went to the Cubs. I'm not sure what the year was on that, but, yeah, he, and, and of course, wound up, uh, you know. Doing his last game when he was
0: 112 years old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of, you know, it's, obviously, it's very funny, you know, the whole Will Ferrell thing, and, and, and so many yeah. different celebrities who love Cubs baseball, you know, have an imitation of Harry sure. and all that. Sure, how could you not? But He's a caricature. He, he's total caricature. I mean, you know. I mean, th- my God, those glasses were so big he could look at a road map and see people waving at him. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty, pretty much a character. Uh, but, um, um, you know he he was also as a broadcaster. He was so different than like Scully, Vin Scully, yeah, with the how, Dodgers. It, you know, what do you it think was, it was? He was well, Vin Scully could read the phone book to you. Yeah. You know, I mean the grocery list. Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta pick up eggs. You know, and, and it was and all Harry was like the the he was like the common man's announcer, you know. Yeah. He he wouldn't he Harry wasn't afraid to go, Okay, there's a pop fly to the infield. This should be an easy one. How'd he miss it? Yeah. The bum. Get him we're paying him how much a year? Yeah. You know. Right. So where Vince Scully's
0: still giving you the play-by-play, and, yeah. and,
1: and, and in perfect English, yeah, 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 yeah very much so. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah,
0: but those are the two, right? Those are the the two big like Jack voices,
1: yeah. And then like in the in play-by-play in the Cardinal organization, there was uh, there was Jack Buck, yeah, uh, Joe Buck's dad, yeah,
0: Joe Buck yourself,
1: yeah, yeah. I hate that guy, <laughs> Joe Buck. Ugh.
0: I I was watching a game with him and Troy Aikman, you know? You can't yeah. get away from the guy. Yeah, oh man. I don't know. <laughs> but his dad was so so he's a he's the uh I don't know, did Joe Buck get in easy? Just cause uh was he is he trading on pedigree? Is oh I would think there
1: names? I would think there's some nepotism involved there for sure. You think? Yeah. So you I don't mean, think he's got the chops well, his dad I mean, has you no know, how did how did Skip Carey get in? I mean, yeah. you know, he went to school for it, but his dad was a Harry Carey, so yeah. and he's a Braves guy. He was a Braves guy, yeah. But now the other one on the big national scene, the other big sportscaster who we still got on Sunday night footballs is Al Michaels. Uh, Al Michaels, yeah, he's good. Oh man, Al called. I mean, you know, the Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that was a big one. He called, and yeah. um, you know, to hear to hear some of the things he's done, you know. He was talking one day about a you know, the wide world of sports and on ABC yeah. back then, you know, they actually went to the corners of the globe, man, and and broadcast this stuff. And yeah. he was talking about doing a um a motorcycle uh race that they were on an ice track. Yeah, they were racing on, and ice. he was calling it. And he was calling it because he ABC. fucking can.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. he he probably learned those <coughs> those guys' numbers and names right before, and well, who knows? Probably
1: called it perfect. Um, but there's there's a lot of really good stuff. Uh, Al Al was, you know, he was instrumental in a lot of things. Um, you know the uh, what was that the eighty five series with the A's and and. Um, um, uh, the A's and the Dodgers you know when the earthquake hit ah like a Northridge quake or yeah. something like that yeah uh, that you know fault that sh- yeah that shut the hole I mean shut during were, the series yeah was it in the middle of a game there was an earthquake it was during the middle of the world series the earthquake really yeah this was big big time 85 I think it was 85 you may google it to make sure but, yeah uh, but yeah Al Michaels was on the call there and you know We didn't have the internet, so there wasn't that voice in the ear of everybody coming up and saying um No, it was eighty nine. I believe it was eighty nine.
0: And it says it was game three. There you go. It was the candlestick
1: Park. Yeah. Uh so A's and the Giants. Was it the A's and the Giants? Mm -hmm. This is a Battle of the Bay because it was oh, Oakland. Oh, they played in
0: the same – so they did seven yeah. World Series games in the same park?
1: Not the same park. Oakland's on the other side of the bay but and they San Francisco's on the other side of the bay. But so they didn't
0: play. They didn't both play at Candlestick? No. The A's had a different stadium. No, that, oh, okay. Candlestick
1: was San Francisco and then the,
0: And then the 49ers played at The Coliseum,
1: at the Oakland Coliseum was, uh, was where the A's played okay. and, the and the Raiders. And the Raiders. The Raiders. The fall wind is a Raider. I love uh, a good dual sport park. Yeah, sadly they kind of all went by the by the wayside. I guess you know the Giants, MetLife Stadium. The Giants and the Jets both share that, and then the the new one, the big one out in L.A. SoCal, yeah, uh, SoFi, SoFi, yeah, yeah, the the Chargers. The Chargers and, and the Rams. And the Rams, both, which were not there two years ago. Who somebody are to shoot anyone that was involved with changing those Rams uniforms. Those yeah. are the ugliest things known to man. I, I,
0: I think that uh, that uh, moving the Chargers from San Diego to Los Angeles was a, was a bad move. San Diego loved those Chargers. And now they're up in L- L.A.'s got two teams now for no reason. And they
1: didn't want them. They didn't want the Raiders when they yeah. went to LA. But, you they, know?
0: but they built a state of the art sofa. The stadium you mentioned is oh, the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's an indoor, outdoor uh, frosted roof over yeah. the top of it. It's it's just a gazebo canopy over yeah. an, an open air stadium where it's 75 and sunny every single day.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty
0: amazing. It is amazing. It costs $5 billion to build it. I think one of the. It's in Inglewood. Inglewood, yeah yeah it's in and
1: south where, south central yes yeah, so that's where USC is as well isn't it uh it, the Coliseum in, in is nearby yeah, yeah I think so yeah I
0: think yeah. so yeah which is funny because that's like you know it's it's not it's not the nice part of town no in LA. no totally not yeah they were supposed to build I thought they were going to build a, a stadium in the city of industry like when they were talking about bringing a team to la they didn't know they were going to get the chargers also they thought they might get the rams but they didn't know they were going to get the chargers too the chargers was like a last the last two years when san diego wasn't going to build the chargers a stadium that's when they decided to go ahead and grab them up too if they were going to spend five billion dollars on some real estate might as well double your ticket sales and
1: i'll tell you this much the chargers um those un those baby blue those uniforms like the old days oh yeah they're, they're kick ass man.
0: oh yeah like the like the uh houston oilers baby blue
1: yeah yeah it's, it's yeah it's beautiful yeah back when it was eric Coryell and lance allworth and back in those days yeah i'm old ben i know just, you are just go with it you're old as hell <laughs> not so much <laughs> now you're annoying me <laughs> again <laughs> again
0: all right. So we got an earthquake in the eighty nine World Series. I'm glad we got that figured out. Yeah,
1: well it was huge. And I mean and there's the there's the other thing about, you know, announcers nowadays is like how do you cover that with no with no information? You're Dude, getting your information over the wire and over phones that somebody has seen, you know, on the four oh five and then back to the so thing and even over to the
0: as recently as nine eleven. I mean, I know that was twenty years ago now, yeah. but like when that first happened,
1: mm-hmm.
0: nobody knew it was a terrorist attack. They didn't even think it was a terrorist attack until the second plane hit because it was like, oh, oh, no, somebody's crashed something into one of the world trade towers. And because there was no like free exchange of information that was super expedited and super fast, nobody could really, you know, nobody knew what was going on. It was just like something happened. And then when the second one hit, that's when it was like, Oh shit, we're under attack under siege for sure. (laughs) You know, but because we were in 20 years ago tech and 20 years ago communication, there's no way to figure stuff like that out really quickly. So it's kind of, you know, it's nostalgic in a way.
1: I think so. I mean, you know, cause you look back on, on that and <coughs> I mean, I remember where I was. Everybody you know? does. I mean,
0: it's the JFK thing. It's like, yeah. where were you when JFK got shot? Where were you when, yeah. you know, when nine
1: 11 um, happened? My, um, my wife at the time had called me and um, had told me what had happened. And, you know, and I was just flabbergasted. I was in shock and then, so then I, I put on the radio on a news channel, and they were starting to cover it.
0: Yeah, trying to figure out what was going right. on.
1: And then that's when the one went outside the Pentagon.
0: Yeah, and it's and, like, okay, this is a concerted,
1: yeah, <laughs> you know, effort, yeah, to mess
0: some stuff up.
1: And I called my boss and said, I'm I'm going home. You know, I'm going to get my kid, and I'm yeah. going home because this is a. a- a day where some shit's going down. Oh
0: man, and who knows what's next? Who knows? Who knows if uh next? if ORNL <clears throat> is next, yeah. you know? I, mean, I remember that being a worry because of all of the, course. you know, all of the uh, the uh secret
1: city. Yeah,
0: sure. The the supposed, you know, nuclear activity that goes on over there. People mm-hmm. thought like, hell, this would be a nice target if somebody wanted to do a lot of damage, and I remember that being a little bit scary.
1: Absolutely, you know, and um, I don't know if it was the World Series that year, but, you know, W went out and it was No, it was uh, it was the Mets. So they had just started interleague play in baseball. Yeah. So
0: which is where the National League plays the American League during the season. Correct. Which they had never done before. They They had never done. Kept it split up. Yes. American League played American League teams all year until the
1: World Series. National League did the same thing. And the and the one that was due for that night was the subway series where it was the Mets versus the Yankees. Yeah, and that got canceled. And I don't know if it was the next night or maybe like maybe two days, maybe it was a couple. But any rate, um, you know, W came out and threw out the first pitch at the next game. At the next game, yeah, Yeah. I bet he did. Yeah, everything was canceled. I remember, uh, which was crazy too, because everybody was like, "Well, this would."
0: be a great place to drive great an airplane to, into yeah. since apparently they're not scared. Yeah. Um, everything got canceled for a whole week, man. They didn't do any sporting events that next weekend because that was supposed to be the Tennessee, Florida game that next weekend. That's right. Yeah. And it didn't happen until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Tennessee played Florida, the last game of the season makeup game, uh, beat Florida, mm-hmm. came home with roses in our mouths, getting off the bus. Cause we were about to go to the Rose bowl.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about F- that To play too, for the yeah. Natty.
0: To play for the National Championship.
1: Was that, yeah, that was ninety six No, it was
0: 2001. It 2001. Was, 2001. It was yeah, right,
1: 9-11. Because right, right, right. we right.
0: played, yeah, played Florida at the end of the year. Yeah. And then uh, uh, got off the bus with roses in our mouths because we're going there. And then uh, we played LSU in the
1: SEC championship. And, and Nick got Saban
0: got, beat the wheels off just us.
1: Just the brakes <laughs> off of us. Yeah. yeah, I remember that.
0: Oh, man. It's forgotten. It's mm-hmm. forgotten a little bit because of 9-11 and mm-hmm. because of that whole year being a throwaway. But we were supposed to go to the national championship that year and mm. couldn't quite make it happen.
1: Just a bit outside. God, Nick Saban, man. He'll There's a- you. Yeah, man. Saban, he's I think he might be Darth Vader.
0: Yeah, he's he sold his soul you know, for
1: sure. Something. Or maybe he's just good. I don't know. <laughs> and I remember him coaching at, you know, Michigan State really? back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, he, he left Michigan State and went to LSU. Mm. And then um left LSU and went to the Dolphins. Miami I Dolphins. Yeah.
0: Went tried to do the old Steve Spurrier route. It yeah. worked it went about the same. <laughs> and then he came yeah. back and became the best college football coach in the history of the oh, sport. Oh man. Yeah. You hate to see it. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other uh uh music you're gonna play after the spectacular? You just gonna keep writing.
1: I think I'm just keep- gonna keep writing and maybe maybe get back in the studio. And yeah. do some collaborative work, and um, well, you got to you know, know. I'm thinking about maybe over the years we've had several different guests. Like I say, and um, and a lot of those guests have. Um, I think there's a Christmas album of music out there to to I do like of it. originals to kind of to kind of boast and boost, um, the locals you know the okay people. originals yeah okay yeah i like it yeah so that's that that's, could be our thing I'm, that
0: could be the thing for the town to listen to i've been thinking about it a lot here lately well so. i mean you're probably the most uniquely qualified individual in town to curate
1: something oh, like that
0: there's well. <laughs> <laughs> my vin scully on you right there
1: <laughs> i don't know if i'm the most qualified but it certainly would be um certainly would be a lot of fun and and it would be you know, it would be well suited for for those you know, we take for granted in this city, I think, a lot of the talent that come through here and then the talent that is here. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes to talk about Austin this and Texas that and yeah. Nashville, Asheville and all that. Yeah. But um Knoxville's loaded with talented people i mean yeah. in the field you're in look how yeah. many people you can name that are doing big big that stuff work on yeah film
0: film and television stuff yeah yeah so it's a little saturated doesn't get the light show, <coughs> shown on it as much mm-hmm. it seems like in the arts but i don't know i think that's okay maybe it's just it, it, at some point yeah. it'd be nice to be recognized i guess especially with musicianship yeah so we have a lot of good i've talked to a lot of people about it like why do why does chapel hill north carolina have more bands you know on major labels than knoxville tennessee yeah i
1: don't you know. know
0: it's like just a there's 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 a lot out there that we just uh seems like we're keeping to ourselves a little bit
1: and let's face it there's also a lot of great great artists and stuff that are going out uh all over you yeah. know, not just here. Like, yeah. Let's don't fool ourselves and yeah, into think thinking that we're yeah, yeah, we're the business. You know, sure.
0: But yeah, but uh, I mean, also, you have to think that the playing field is as level as it's ever been, too. I mean, with uh, with the outlets that people have to prove go. prove their merit, yeah, everywhere, yeah. I mean, it, it's I mean, no longer as much having to know somebody. That certainly helps a lot. Yeah, but there's plenty of ways to succeed uh without having that luxury
1: yeah you know but it's not those days of you know back in the days of like uh you know when you had to drive highway 25 all the way to cincinnati now yeah. there's interstates and and now there's Bandcamp. now there's spotify yeah. now there's itunes
0: yeah so while it is a, a level playing field it's also more saturated than ever before because everybody has the same Benefits and tools that you have,
1: and I think a lot of that too. um, I I think a lot of that falls on venue owners as well. In a lot of ways, is because they need to book more shows. Well, no, not necessarily that, but they they need to book. So you know, when somebody's wanting to hire you for something, what's what? What are they at? How much is this gonna cost? Yeah, you know. uh, Well, we're gonna come in on chariots and a laser light show and we're gonna do it. Well, yeah, but how much is it gonna cost? Well we we've been we've performed in twenty eight states, six different countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how much is this going to cost? Mm. So, you know, instead of, you know, maybe thinking about draw and quality, you know, they would underbid their self and get the actual two hundred dollar band versus you know, spending a little extra 750 money, yeah. the seven fifty or the thousand dollar band that could yeah. really pack it out and you know sell you out of booze that night. You yeah. know, what I mean, yeah,
0: I guess they do the calculation and they feel like it's too risky.
1: Uh you know, maybe they do,
0: especially if you're trying to put somebody on a stage every night. Yeah, in a town where you're not sure if people are going to come out.
1: Yeah, and if you're talking about an every night kind of thing, yeah, yeah. you can totally see it uh, maybe a little more justified like that. Right um by doing that but um but there's there's but that's times. something you you come up against you know and mm-hmm. i'm sure you probably come up against it in your professional world as well as like yeah i mean underbidding or undercutting or you know or yeah getting less but thinking you're getting more well, you at know. some point it costs what it costs and, right
0: you know you want to do a certain level of work right. and you know it has to be reasonable People have to be re- reasonable about mm-hmm. what they're getting, you know, mm-hmm. the value that they're getting for the product. Uh, but I, I can think of a number of shows um, where I was surprised that they that it, the promoters paid what they paid to get these folks, assumingly or, or or seemingly what what they paid. And I'm thinking of like Tyler Childers at um, at the Jig and Reel. Yeah, it was a $10 ticket. Yeah. To see Tyler Childers there play two or three years ago. That had to be crazy. They had to be upside down, <laughs> you know, to pay that. I'm um, open
1: for Sturgill Simpson three times. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, open for Chris Stapleton. or really? Three times, you know, back when he was with um, he had kind of a little rock and roll group, the Johnson brothers at the time.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What about uh, Steel Drivers? Was that after that?
1: That was before Steel Drivers was before Johnson okay. Brothers. Okay. He had kind of set the bluegrass world on its on its head. Yeah. And then and, moved on uh, to and then moved on to a three piece rock and roll band. Yeah. That were kick ass. The Johnson Brothers? The Johnson. Where'd you it, open Yama. for them? Um we did one at the Prez pub one night. <clears throat> and then we did one um at um uh, the shed. And there was another one, it seems like, somewhere.
0: And then you had, like, Margot Price playing the pilot light. Yeah. I think it happened. Um, yeah,
1: Sturgill, I think, played the pilot light. I know he played the Bijou. I know. I've times. played with him twice at Barley's. Okay. And, I, I mean, I opened up as a solo act, you know. Okay. Uh, and then we did a show with him at the at the shed as well. Okay. Yeah super nice guy all both those guys are you know chris and um sturgill real nice fellas
0: and uh you down thro- to earth really you know? yeah and you throw tyler childers in there and you've got kentucky's three greatest exports yeah over the last 10 years in music which happened to be i think i mean through man billy strings a little more bluegrassy and not a kentucky guy but you throw in like those names that are that are driving out there in country and doing real country music, the not pop country. And you're going to point to, I think, Chris Stapleton, Sergil Simpson, and uh, Tyler oh. Childers, which are all three Kentucky boys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, as bad as I hate giving any kind of props to the Commonwealth of Kentucky.
0: Yeah, bastards. Uh,
1: <laughs> <ugh>. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, historically through the years, I mean... Loretta Lynn, Dwight mm-hmm. Yoakam, Keith Whitley—I mean, you could g- go on and on. Yeah, I mean, with country music and bluegrass music, Bill Monroe, um, the Osborne brothers—you know—in the bluegrass world, um, lots of talent up there. We owe them. I don't know shit. <laughs> you know about Paul Coughin? Uh I know that name. He's Dallas guy. I know the name. Kind of, kind of hard driving, you know
0: almost disco country it sounds like but he's he's making a right he's making some waves some, out there Some atari
1: spaceman stuff going on a little, on in
0: it. little bit a <laughs> little bit his band's good yeah his band's real good his songs are out there real good some good songwriting yeah. though there too but
1: there's a there's an austin band right now that i'm i'm pretty excited um uh, have been um about for a while uh they came out with a new recording you know i don't know six months ago probably but uh Mike and the moon Pies. yeah you t- you told me about them, yeah, really good. I guess they had had a kind of a residency at uh one of the one of the hot spots you know in town and had been kind of a house band for ten or eleven years, and then finally started writing a lot of different stuff and got a little push and they're they're really good. So they were a house band in Austin, yeah, yeah, I'm not Once sure what club it was, probably the continental, maybe Club. maybe the Prairie Rose too, maybe yeah. something like that, but
0: yeah, so many of those. Yeah. Places down there where you can go in and see country in a yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Just a band playing for no reason.
1: We went down in um what was that? Was it fifteen when we played A and M? Yeah, so, uh sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. yeah. That's right, because Cubs won the series in sixteen. Did they? That they was did. that was
0: Josh Dobbs uh Alvin Kamara yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um we we went down there to see that and um uh, but the night before we were in uh we, we had I guess we drove from here and we drove to Shreveport and spent the night and then got back up and the next day and um and then we drove went to Austin. And drove to Austin. Or no, yeah, drove to Austin. And um we got to see the um we got to see the blasters that night at the Continental Club. Oh yeah. Which was pretty great. Oh man. Got their sound guy high. There you he go. was, pretty happy about that. <laughs>
0: and that little alley behind the Continental Club, like a I little... think
1: that was when the when the vape sticks first oh, you, came out. You, you, could, know, just you could just pass them be out. Like, oh, we stone anywhere we want to. There's this
0: alley behind the Continental Club and just like a hill next to it. Yeah. You just walk to the end of it and look down. And you see people out there smoking all night long. But uh,
1: uh, yeah, that was a tremendous night, and uh, that was a really tremendous trip, man. It was pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> man. Austin's great.
0: Was the uh, was College Station
1: uh, as much fun? College Station was a lot of fun. I mean, it was totally different. I mean, first of all, you know, it's like, I don't know, the campus is like, you know, 6,000 acres. Really? You know, I mean, Huge. It's, it's, humongous. it's humongous. It's Texas-sized? It's totally Texas-sized and a um, r- really cool place, though. Um, and what I took from the whole a and m tree up in college station was we like to talk about a lot of tradition, but they man, it was really, really, really fun watching um uh, you know the Yale practice which is um you know every like a pep rally it's like a pep rally so every every home game on a friday night they'll have 20,000 students show up and they go over all these yells with their yell leaders do and they go to Kyle and Field and stuff they do yeah
0: and they just they all they do a dress rehearsal for yeah, the game. they
1: do a dress rehearsal for the game <laughs> and there i was in overalls and orange shirt and a bandana and, and tattoos. Whole, yeah tattoos everywhere <laughs> and uh and um, yeah, but they welcomed us right in i mean it was it was amazing that's super it was cool amazing do you do you have to remind him
0: about all that help we gave him
1: i did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were at the uh we had <laughs> it was during the game we'd i'd gotten up to go uh to um to the concession stand. Grab a hot dog or yeah. whatever the hell we were getting, maybe brats, you know, yeah. or something like that down there. Uh, sausages and beef barbecues really oh, yeah. huge in Texas. <laughs> no, sure, know. but what was funny was every time you would meet an alum from A and M, they would always introduce themselves. Hey, Mike McGill, third generation Aggie. You know, okay. That's and and that was the norm.
0: They would show you their papers,
1: right? Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, just right up front. <laughs> So we're standing there, and this guy turns around and looks at me, and he goes, uh, oh, John Brown, fifth-generation Aggie. I've been to every home game since Moby Dick was a minna, you know, (laughs) or something bullshit like that, you know. And uh, he was being very complimentary and a really nice guy um, after he got through his peculiar Texas opening, you know, because they're pretty peculiar down there. Sure. (laughs) But uh, he he says – he says, yeah, uh, man. He said, yeah, your fan base, it's, it's just the support. I just, I've just, i been in every home game for 35 years or whatever it was, yeah. you know. And uh, he said, I've never seen, and I said, what, this many Tennesseans since about 1836?
0: <laughs> Uh, he died laughing. Did he lose I it?
1: mean, oh he lost it. He got it, you know, which Good. was even better. Yeah. You know, that we could have fun. Yeah. It's just a damn ball game. Yeah, exactly. You know. But it's
0: always it's always fun to drop a you're welcome oh, on a absolutely. Texan. Absolutely. You know?
1: <laughs> Especially being from Tennessee. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: The volunteers. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So we went to this little uh another fun thing about that trip, we went to this uh so my buddy Carl is a uh, is an Aggie. And uh, and he had – he wanted us to go down there because it was going to be so many years before we they did it were going to be back down there and doing it again, right? And uh, he was wanting to meet uh, – he was wanting us to meet uh, some of his old classmates and fraternity brothers and, okay. so and, and all the old haunts, you know, and yeah. where they used to do their deals. and Took you to his old bars? Yeah, took us to the old bar uh, Dudley Dr- Dudley's Draw okay. was the bar on campus. And, um, but we had stopped uh, earlier that day. We had stopped at this, um, I've got pictures of it and I can't remember the name of it, but we'd stopped. It's just a block building, you know, no windows, door. Like a bar? Was it a bar? It was a barbecue joint. Okay. So we go in there and, uh, you know, there's seven or eight of us sitting at a table. It's packed and, uh, you know, flow comes up. Hey, sugar, what do y'all want today? And uh, what are you going to have today? And, uh, you know, this guy ordered, I'm going to have the brisket. And, you know, this guy said, well, I'll have the the brisket and links, you know, or I'll do, you know, everybody's making their orders. And she said, got to me and she said honey what do you have today i said i hope i'm gonna have the meat sweats when i leave here
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that a good
0: one for her oh Did yeah she she, no i
1: don't i don't know if she'd heard it or not but she <laughs> she laughed like hell you know and uh she goes well what do you want and i said uh i want it all i want everything yeah you give, know give, give me the sampler yeah i want the sampler yeah. you know and all those guys are like oh my god you're getting the sampler!" i'm like <laughs> Boys, do you not know nothing? Do you not understand the United States here? Yeah, it's it's, it's
0: Yeah, you know, where else can I do this? Yeah,
1: we're in a concrete block building, <laughs> eating the best barbecue in America. The best barbecue in America, and uh and we're getting ready to go to this we're getting ready to go to this bar that night, and I'm sure when we leave that bar, we're going to be pretty drunk and hung over and ready to eat something at the hotel room. And I'm gonna have my stuff waiting for me.
0: Did you just walk around with a styrofoam box all night after that? No, I mean we <laughs> went back. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I did, Ben. I had me a backpack. Uh, no, so we went back to the hotel and and dropped that stuff off. But but, but you got the sampler. Yeah, I totally got the sampler. And then I had I had brisket that night when I came in after I'd laid them out and showed them how to drink Shinerbach beer in Texas,
0: <laughs> just like you drew it up, huh? just like I
1: drew it up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, is that the uh, is that the trip where there was a case of mistaken identity out there?
1: It was totally the trip. Yeah. So, uh,
0: so I don't know. Do, do people see you out in public often and like, hey, I know you from somewhere? Because because well, wh- while you do have a unique look that not a lot of people have, like you look familiar. To me, I feel. I mean, I've known you for a long time, but still, you got you got a thing where you got a little air to you, well, like a little movie star vibe or maybe. something. Maybe.
1: I <laughs> mean, you know, we were in Pittsburgh one time, and uh, uh, <laughs> we had went to this place called the Strip, which was down in the lower, um, I believe, it the lower east side of Pittsburgh. But basically, they open all this up, and you can buy. You can buy all the MLB and NFL stuff for like half price, but it's, it's game, you know, it's got the tag. It's, it's the real stuff. It's the real replicas. Yeah. It's the real replicas. (laughs) It's licensed, licensed apparel. There we go. And, uh. You know, I bought a Pirates t-shirt, three-quarter sleeve, you know, baseball tee, yeah, and, got, a, and yeah. I brought and I bought the old Bucks, you know, from the 70s and 80s, the We Are Family. I bought the pillbox hat with oh, the good. stripes. Oh, good, yeah. And we're walking up, uh, and I've got this big, huge, you know, 24-ounce <clears throat> can of Iron City beer, and I'm walking <laughs> up through the stands, and these two guys look at me and go, hey, man. You got a TV show? And I was like, "No, but I should have one." And they go, "Damn right you should." You're looking good, man. I just kept walking, you know. I feel the same way.
0: Uh, I think I think you should have a TV show. I'd love to have a TV show.
1: Yeah. Anybody listening?
0: You could do it. Yeah. I. You could do a sitcom. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah mcgill billy's house of power or something like that i don't know house of power (laughs) you know mismatched family a couple foster kids you know yeah live-in nanny and you know who's a little who's a little zany
1: that could get risky (laughs) (laughs) i mean i may be too old to cut the mustard but i can still spread it around (laughs) Ben.
0: you still lick the jar
1: (laughs) oh that's terrible folks i'm sorry we have derailed (laughs) so dudley's draw (laughs) we're at this bar in college station texas and uh we're down there and like i say you know i've got a cut off t-shirt on and orange and white says go big orange on the back my dan post ass kicker shit kicker boots that night you know overalls and um my stetson augustus mccray stetson hat you know and um I walk outside to have a smoke and I got my beer with me and everything and this this couple walks up to me and they say um, uh okay. we're sorry to bother you but we just we just wanted you to know that we are uh we're really big fans and we just wanted you to know that we just appreciate you so much of being such a a good representative of the university And all the charitable work you've done for the university throughout the years and all this stuff. So these were Vol fans coming up to These were Vol fans. In College Station? Correct. Okay. And, you know, and I'm just looking at them like a damn UFO's landed. I don't know what, I don't know who they think I am. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, you know, but i play along. Yeah. And I just smiled and I said, well, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Um. Appreciate it. where are you where are you folks from, and they're like, oh, we're from Spring Hill or yeah. Knoxville, somewhere wherever, Tennessee, wherever it's yeah. somewhere in Tennessee." It's appreciating the work you've done for the university yeah. over the years, <laughs> and uh, and I said, "Wow, that's nice. Yeah, it's beautiful down there. We have, we've traveled through there before, playing music and stuff. Yeah." And they said, "Well, we've got another, we've got a couple, another couple that's with us, and they're big fans as well. Could we?" could we bother you to maybe get a picture made with you? And I said, well, I, sure. Why not? Well, I mean, we're all here having a good time tonight. <laughs> so, you know, we walk I and mean, in this place is jam packed. I mean, it's happening, man. And we walk over there, uh, to their, to their friends. And, uh, Hey, how you doing? You know, and I, you know, didn't do any kind of introduction because evidently they knew who I was, right. but I didn't know who the hell I was. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we shook and howdied and made the little small talk and stuff, and uh, and um, I said, "Were well, we going to do this picture or what?" And I got said, places to be, man. Yeah, they go guy like me. Oh yeah, yeah. I said, "Well, that's good." I said, "Let's get this picture made." I said, "I normally get paid for this kind of shit," you know. <laughs> and they and of course they dropped everything, you know.
0: So we, yeah,
1: so we there we are. I'm got my arm around both the ladies and the husbands are on the opposite sides, you know. And we're and I'm in the middle. And uh we get our picture made and you know, they're on about their merry way and I'm still sitting there like who the hell do they think I am? I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't get it. So we got back from that trip and several months or maybe a month or two, I would say several months, but maybe a month or two after that, I'm playing, um, this little place down in Crossville. I had, I had booked seven or eight dates there, you know, on a monthly, uh, once a month thing to yeah. come back and, uh, real, real cool little place. And, um, uh, so I t- hollered at my buddy that went on this trip with me and I said, uh, I said, hey man, I got to play down in Crossville, you know, um, on Friday night. Um, you want to ride with me? You want to go with me? And uh, maybe we'll we'll get a. There's a little hotel right there off the exit, and we can stay there. And I've never been to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I said we can make a day trip out of, or a, yeah. you know, a road trip out of it. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. That sounds like fun. So we get down there, <clears throat> play the gig. I had a good time, you know, all that good stuff. And I spent the night, drove the next morning from Crossville into Nashville and uh, went right downtown, you know, go in the Hall of Fame. And as we're going through the Hall of Fame, you know, of course, tons of cool stuff. And we get through the Hall of Fame and uh, we get to this one, uh, I guess, wing for, you know, for lack of better words, but we get to this one wing and this one exhibit and it's, uh it's all uh the Nashville skyline stuff so it's all about the 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 Nashville cats so all the studio musicians that played on like Dylan stuff and yeah. Cash and all the you know the stuff that wasn't country that was monumental coming out of yeah. Music City at the time and so we're looking at all that stuff and it's really really interesting and really neat and we may, and I make a corner and turn and I look and I see in one of the display cases I see an orange, a Tennessee orange uh Gibson Les Paul gu- electric guitar with a big white power T on it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, and I walk over there to look at it, and there's a big cowboy hat. And then there's like a letterman's jacket. Um, uh, you know, and I look and it's Charlie Daniels
0: they just like you did that. Night and in I College turned Station. around and
1: looked at my buddy and I was like, that's who those people thought I was. They thought I was Charlie <laughs> freaking Daniels. Are you kidding me? You know, so worse. Oh, no. It's I mean, worse. it was totally cool. But, you know, it took two months to figure out who the hell they thought I was. At least you figured it out. You <laughs> yeah, can be still worried yeah. to the day. Oh, yeah. It was good. So I do get that one uh, quite a bit if I'm wearing now, my cowboy hat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can uh, see it. I played a thing back in June, right after the vaccines and stuff, and yeah. things were kind of calming down. I, yeah, Ever, I booked, we thought
0: we were out of the woods.
1: Yeah, I had booked this outside gig over at uh, Trailhead Tavern. Uh, yeah, um, Brendan James Wright and uh, Joe Jennings, uh, the guys that own that, and uh, and I was pretty excited. You know, I hadn't played out in a long while. And, uh, I'm walking across the parking lot or across the street over into the, into the lot where the, we were doing the show and there was a picnic table full of folks, you know, and, uh, this lady was there and, you know, they, you could, you just, you can kind of tell when the eyes are on you, you know, and, uh, the hairy eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, they're looking at me and kind of nervously and then back at their, you know, back at their party or whatever. And, and you know, I overhear her say, he looks like Charlie Daniels. <laughs> and I said, hey, what'd you say, lady? And I got up close to her. And I said, what'd you say, lady? Of course, she immediately, you know, she turned red and was yeah. embarrassed. And she said, uh, I said, who'd you say I looked like? And uh, she said... Well, I said, you look like Charlie Daniels. And I said, well, that might be the nicest way someone's ever told me that I remind them of a dead person. Charlie Daniels is dead. <laughs> I said he was 87 when he died. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know what to do. And, of course, I I laughed, and I told her, and I'm just teasing. I, I appreciate the compliment. I didn't I, know I was he was a, I was a big fan of his. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah.
0: Is he dead? Yeah. And he was 87 when he died? Yeah. I still didn't know. I thought he was still out uh, there making
1: music. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's digging Barefoot Jerry in the CDB. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he passed away in 2020. Okay. Yeah. Did get him? The COVID? I don't know else? if it was the Rona or it was something else. I yeah. can't remember. Right he off had a good run? Yeah. Oh, man. Did Tremendous he play that run. fiddle? Yeah, he
0: did. All
1: he played all that shit. Really? He was a bassman, a guitar guy, fiddle. Uh he was on all that early session work in Nashville. They didn't know what to do with him. So he, he started just, as a session guy? Yeah. And then
0: when he was out one solo. of the
1: Nashville Cats. Okay.
0: Which yeah. is which is who Love and Spoonful wrote a song about, right? Yeah. Been playing since Ace's Babies?
1: Nashville Cats. That's a great song. It's a great song.
0: You heard Del McQuarrie? I, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Dale's great, man. I,
0: I saw know. him at the ta- the caverns. The There's two caverns. The Pelham Caverns are the ones that I saw him at during mm-hmm. the pandemic. They had a little pod show. I may have told this story before, but it was, uh, it was uh, right at the end of when everybody thought we were out of the COVID thing, and so people were doing, you know, Gig uh, concert stage work guys have been out of work for a long time oh yeah you know they had not yeah. been doing shows they get one of the hardest hits yeah. the hardest hit industries by the pandemic for sure gig workers people that you know do mm-hmm. stage setup and all that and so they had this big over engineered stage at pelham for Delt mccrory and you know all yes. the lights like it, it looked like it was a Pink Floyd
1: laser show out there, <laughs> and with they all come the, out working off a of two condenser microphone, yeah, uh, yeah, Old school,
0: one studio mic, yeah, you yeah. know, all six guys singing into it, yeah, and uh, and killing it, yeah, and killing yeah. it, yeah, for sure, yeah, and uh, and and. You know, they turn that smoke machine on, and Dale's like, yeah, Y'all got to turn that thing off. Like, <laughs> I can't even breathe up here. You know, he's like, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, tough to breathe. I wish he could see your eyebrows. Oh, I know.
1: That. It's totally him, isn't it? It is. It's all his eyebrows.
0: Have you ever noticed every picture ever taken with him, his eyes are closed? I- well maybe. If you asked to take a picture with Del McCory, yeah. his eyes will be closed in the photo.
1: I've actually got a picture of him and with me, my daughter and Ronnie and Dale at the Ronnie McCory? Yeah. At the uh disc exchange from way back in the uh, day. Over off
0: Chapman Highway? Yeah. All right. Yeah,
1: they did an in store there one day.
0: Oh, the everybody did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I that. seen JD Crow in the New South there oh, and man. Del McCurry and uh uh, anybody
0: who was trying to sell several more, I can't
1: remember. Anybody who tried to sell a CD was doing.
0: Oh, Was absolutely. coming in and
1: doing in stores at the disc exchange. I'm that was me. that was the program. Yeah, I mean that was the meet and greets. That was the in store performances, and then they then they were off to radio to do a thing there, and you know, I mean, promotion. They could play a show that night, <laughs> and then play a show that night.
0: Yeah, you know? maybe in this city, maybe not. Maybe <sighs> in another one.
1: I think they. I've seen them. I've seen them several times, but I, I know I've seen them at least twice at the Bijou.
0: Yeah, and then they've got that uh, traveling McQuarries outfit yeah. where they travel without Dell mm-hmm. and do different. You know, yeah, you know, it's it's just. I mean, Dell is kind of the heart and soul of what they got going on, but they're well, still good without him.
1: Yeah, and th- but they always, you know. I remember when those boys, Ronnie and Rob, Dale's sons. Uh, Rob, Rob plays, plays a banjo. Rob right? plays a banjo and Ronnie plays a mandolin. Yeah. But I remember, you know, back in the day, I remember when they were kind of the laughing stock of bluegrass. Really? because yeah, they, they, cause they, they getting... had just started and they were playing with their dad and, yeah. you know, and, and they sounded funny. You know, I mean, it was yeah. heart, heartfelt music sang through the nose. Yes. You and, know. Yeah, high lonesome sound. Very much so. Yeah,
0: but they also, <laughs> I think, I, I don't know, there's a lot of purists out there, uh, Bill Monroe fans, who think that Del McCoury got too much of, I don't know if it was the hippie side or the David Grisman side, and like mm-hmm. bringing the, the, almost the reggae feel into it, to where the mandolin's not on the offbeat anymore. Now the mandolin's driving a little bit. And a lot mm-hmm. of people think that that, that that's
1: different than what bluegrass was intended to be. Well, you know, they evolved is yeah. what they did. Yeah. And now they're still making music and they're still getting paid. Exactly. You know, same way with, uh, you know, I had a buddy of mine one time uh, that w- w- came up in a conversation about ZZ Top, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, this guy made the, the blanket statement of saying um, – well, you know, it was it was good when it was Rio Grande mud and it was uh, Tejas and, you know, Degueo and all that, but they made that uh, Eliminator shit and it wasn't any good anymore. And I was like, no, no, wait a minute. I wouldn't even have known who ZZ Top was if it hadn't have been for Legs, Eliminator, yeah. Under Pressure, Cheap Tush, glass. you know, yeah. that LaGrange. 80s MTV ZZ yeah. Top. Yeah. I wouldn't have known about Yeah. Brown so, sugar and you know, just got back from babies and you know, Duguayo and it, all these great iconic things. Now
0: it uncovered some stuff, absolutely. Yeah, you that's know. just
1: another example of how it takes
0: you know, 10, 15 years of doing stuff consistently before something hits, and then people get to realize what you did before. That's why all these guys die, like uh, 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 Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, yeah, like he dies, and then people put their eyes on it, realize these guys have been making good music for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mac Miller is somebody that that's happened to recently. That's gotten way more popular after he died. Um, but there, you know, people get this stuff, like they get their eye drawn to you. And then they realize that you've put in a ton of work beforehand. Oh
1: gosh. Yeah.
0: And, and then, you know, you finally get realized.
1: And then, you know, I mean like, and, and Dale's a prime example of like what you were, what you were talking about is, you know, I seen them one night at Blue Cat's with, um, was it Leftover Salmon? Probably. Or probably f- opened it for something like that. I think it uh, was maybe left, or maybe Fish. I don't remember which one. That, it was the jam band, but they were touring with those guys. Yeah. And I think that was the boys, you know, that Tried was to get trying to the- get something into the mainstream more yeah. so they could start crossing over and get, gain some popularity and get new ears on new yeah. music. Yeah. Well, Rob and you know. Ronnie
0: started smoking pot, and then they got their dad dragged <laughs> yeah. into that whole that whole uh, jam band scene. Yeah, and now they're like a, they're the 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 jam band bluegrass eyes. I oh, mean, they're absolutely until Billy Strings came around. Absolutely, you know stuff like that. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I'll tell you a funny story about that night. Um, so At blue cats. Yeah. So this would have been about the time we met. Okay, so like two thousand
0: three, yeah, somewhere there, know. yeah. You're you're Early better with that than I am, but
1: it's back in that about that time. Yeah, I was clean and serene. You know, uh, didn't have the beard, didn't have all the God, tattoos. Man, you were and, you had pretty much a pompadour going on, total know? baby face. But yeah, Yeah,
0: pearl buttons. I look at pictures from them, dude, or from then, and man, you you were clean cut, <laughs> dude. You look your mid mod house was in perfect shape. Oh, I can totally, tell by looking at you, totally. <laughs>
1: And uh, you know, and then and was uh was wearing all the vintage Western wear stuff. Yeah, you Pearl know? buttons, man. You yeah. gave me
0: my first Western shirt.
1: You, yeah. You and Jeff. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I had on this uh this cream, kind of an off white color um uh H bar C Ranch wear shirt that was, I mean, it was like a fucking, it was like a high school band uniform. It was polyester. I mean, it real was, breathable. Ugh, it was so hot. You looked good, but I looked cool. Yeah. And um, and I walk, I'm walking down the sidewalk. I think I'd been in Barley's and had a couple beers, and I'm just coming up the sidewalk and was going into the show over there. And um, and this shirt was like cream colored with blue, and it had like these you know like rainbow kind of colored triple stitch pinwheels in the in the in the yokes and i mean it's pretty snazzy yeah and um and i had on a paps blue ribbon um trucker hat okay and and you know my shit kickers and everything and i come walking in through there and man there's this blonde and she's like uh i mean smoking hot 11 on a scale of 10. Yeah. And she goes, uh, and she smiled, you know, and I smiled. And uh, she walked up to me, approached me, and she goes, uh, are you, let's see, what did she say? She said, are you on the, uh, are you on the Paps Blue Ribbon uh, motocross team? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Another case of
1: mistaken identity. And I said, yes, I am.
0: You want a picture? I usually get paid for this yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. And totally. And and we went in arm in arm and went in and seen the show. And yeah, uh, she, just was, like, she was a real nice girl.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too good, Mike. Yeah. Well, man, we got anything else? I'm so damn glad to see you. I appreciate you coming by doing this. We always have a fun
1: time oh man yeah i mean i the honor's all mine honestly i uh you know when i um first seen you again in hawaii
0: yeah on your way back yeah yeah
1: and um and i was just excited to see you because i you know i knew at, you know at some time back way back when that you would went out to la and, yeah and started acting and doing a bunch of stuff and um so when I seen you there, I was pretty excited. And then yeah. when I found out you were doing uh, the podcast thing, and uh, and that you were here, and and uh, a beautiful family, and you're doing well, and and uh, working on the other side of the camera, but uh, and doing good things, uh, I was just tickled to death. And uh, yeah, tickled to be here.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad. And I think I said it before, standing, standing invitation. For December, every year we'll come smoke you, a cigar and freeze our ass off in the shop.
1: You heard it, folks. You heard it here. Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. I've I've enjoyed it. And uh, just uh, to recap, December 19th, um, Bijou Theater. Uh, yeah, I got eight,
0: posters right here.
1: Yeah, there you go. I'll take a picture of one and put it up on the Instagram. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, December 19th, uh, 8 p.m., the ninth annual Mike
0: McGill Christmas spectacular. There you go. Eight to ten, baby. Get in there right on
1: time. You're gonna start on time. Yeah, we'll be we'll be right on time. It's a Sunday night. It is a Sunday night. And uh and you know one of the good things about being at the Bijou, it's uh you know, it'll be a family friendly show. So yeah. you can bring your kids and all that stuff. Yeah. It'll and, be a nice uh, night. It'll be a really nice night in the yeah. uh, and uh and hopefully a magical one as well. So yeah. I'm coming back into town that morning. I'm gonna be at the show that night. So oh, I'm awesome. excited about it. Yeah.
0: Can't wait to see you out there. Yeah. Be proud to proud to uh uh put my hands together for your outfit up there. I'm excited. Yeah, man.
1: Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um uh, you can get your you can get your tickets at knoxbijou.org and or at Ticketmaster. You can Yeah. I googled Mike
0: McGill Christmas <clears throat> Spectacular and it was the first thing that came up too. Perfect ninth annual. So just type that
1: in and it'll point you in the right direction there you go you got no excuses i love it man thank you so much
0: mike i'm so glad to see you i'm glad we got to hang
1: glad to see you Ben. and um look forward to doing it again let's do it come out and see us folks
0: yep (laughs) (laughs) how about that always a great time hanging with mike i'm glad he came by thank you guys for being here take care of each other Take care of yourselves out there. Have a great week. We'll talk to y'all real soon, all right? Pitchwire. Play me out.